Hello, and welcome back to any returning listeners. Uh, hello, and welcome to any people who may be tuning in for the first time. Uh, we are here with episode three, technically four of, you know, the, the total series and everything, where we're discussing media and analysis. Uh, you know, we're trying to stick to music and uh, media that we enjoy, just good content in general. I am here with a longtime friend of mine. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, you know, by name, moniker, whatever's, whatever's best to identify you? Yeah, thank you. My name is uh, R.P. Kirtland, um, and a uh, longtime friend of the host, friend of the show for, you know, the four episodes, and uh, looking forward to diving into some good t content here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just so that you're aware, I haven't pre-screened either of the videos that you recommend, but you have fantastic taste, as I've told all of my guests. So, you know, I, I trust anything that you're going to recommend. Uh, I, I, you know, don't think that there's going to be anything that's like problematic or off the table or anything I, I genuinely think that you know you bring a really cool perspective that a lot of people may not you know have intuitively like even with the uh song recommendation i know that it's been like an artist that you've liked for a long time and you know i i trust that it is going to be something that anyone listening along will enjoy uh i, I think so i i appreciate uh the compliment about my taste um just warning viewers listeners in advance it's about I don't know, 85 minutes of, of hentai tentacle porn. <laughs> so uh, please keep an eye out for that. Put your young ones out of the room. <laughs> I will mark yeah. the episode as explicit. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> uh, Just no. kidding. It is definitely not that. Okay, well, I appreciate the clarification, but uh, to anyone listening, don't worry. We will not actually platform 85 minutes of hentai tentacle porn regardless. Um you know, uh, re regardless, though, I am going to still mark the episode as explicit. So if you feel that, like, swearing or anything is, you know, uh, influential in what you want to say, you're welcome to. Uh, don't feel obligated to. But, you know, like, don't feel like you have to police your language in that regard, okay? Crud. Oh, no. Hang on. We're going to get demonetized. Just kidding. We're not actually getting paid for this. Um, but, what? yeah. Well, not yet. I mean, we're still <laughs> we're still getting rolling. Um, we, we are up to like 73 downloads last I saw. I, I was upset because I fell asleep at 68 and woke up at 73, so I missed the 69 mark, but that's okay. Um, we'll, we'll get the next, uh, milestone documented. But, uh, anyway, before we get into the song and everything, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the artist, how you found them, what they mean to you, anything like that? Yeah, so this, uh, this song, uh, is Old Before Your Time by Ray LaMontagne. It is, uh... Part of his album he did with a collaboration uh, with a, I, I would call them bluegrass band, the mm -hmm. Pariah Dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, you may be familiar with some of Ray LaMontagne's solo stuff. Uh, Supernova, Jolene has been covered by, God, it seems like everybody at this point. Uh, but this album came out in about 2012. Mm -hmm. Felt like a little bit of a departure of style, mm -hmm. but was... And is, in my opinion, a, a 10 out of 10 album. Good. Fantastic storytelling, uh, fantastic melodies. Um, it's it's one of those albums that's just a, a feel-good album. Came out for me at a pivotal time in my life and has been something I've, I've really clung to for the years since then. Mm -hmm. And you said it came out in 2012, so that's a, a decade ago, which, first off, that's crazy to say out loud. Um, second off, I think that, like, it's still remaining in your rotation and being up there for you as, like, a 10 out of 10 album does show that, like, you know, there's there's more to it than just, like, oh, it was fun, it was goofy, I liked it. You know what I mean? Like, so... Yeah, and uh, I, I looked it up, I actually do have a clarification. It's 2010, so oh we're looking God. at a dozen years of heavy rotational listening. Wow, that's wild. Um... Well, that's great to hear that, like, it's something that you still view and exalt to the level that you do, because, you know, like I said, if something is, like, to me at least, good media, it'll it'll age relatively well, and you'll be able to, you know, uh, enjoy it, even if you come with a different perspective, maybe, than you did 12 years ago, you know, like, do you find that the, the meaning to either this song or album has shifted for you, or does it remain sort of frozen in time for you? Uh, the meaning shifts my my perspective on some of the songs has has definitely shifted over time um i don't think there's been any loss of relevancy mm -hmm. to the song or uh the the entire album in the decades since then 
But, uh, you know, as we kind of pick apart the song, go into the lyrics a little more, mm -hmm. I'll be able to share a little more of why it's so personally meaningful for me and why it stays at the top of some of my rotations. Awesome. Well, I really like that, you know, you already have, like, prepared that part of the thing because, you know, the analysis part is definitely important as well into understanding, like, why you enjoy it to the extent that you do and everything. Um, oh, two quick things. One, I have not thanked you for coming on already, so thank you. I really appreciate, you know, the fact that you would set out some time to do that and everything. I know you said today's a little slow for you, so, you know, it'll help pass the time and everything. But this really does, like, mean a lot to me that, like, you would do something like that. You know, I appreciate you. And uh, Yeah, of course. Well, thank you again, genuinely. And two, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, you will also be able to pick if there's like a picture that you want to have for like the episode itself, like a cover art, essentially, feel free to send that my way. If not, you know, I'll find something. My initial reaction was like potentially like the friend group picture that we have. But like if there's something that you think would be more relevant or if there's something that you think would, you know, better represent what you want people to take out of this, send that my way, dude. You know, I'm, I'm uh, super willing to put whatever for you. But again, we'll avoid the hentai tentacle porn stuff. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll give some thought into it, see if anything comes up. Totally. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, let's see here. Um, before we actually do the song itself and everything, I like to, you know, sort of give you the opportunity to discuss like what to you makes good music or media in general and everything and we'll get more into like the media stuff when we're looking at like the the clip that you also sent me but do you want to just delve into like what makes like good like music for you mm. that is a question i've been asking myself for years i i'm a person who to get shed some background grew up in a small town in virginia heavily involved with the choir at church, mm -hmm. learning piano, learning guitar. Um, but, you know, then all my mainstream media exposure was because of the area I grew up in, country, bluegrass, mm -hmm. Christian music mm -hmm. uh, from whenever I rode in my mom's car, and my mm -hmm. dad would occasionally throw on some classic rock. So, nice. yeah, nothing like the whiplash of listening to Highway to Hell when my dad's driving me somewhere and then uh, mercy me's i can only imagine praising jesus <laughs> when <laughs> driving somewhere else with my mom oh my god yeah that but, would be that would be breakneck change yeah uh, yeah oh yeah and that kind of stuff happened all the time i'd be going from hatchet molly to casting crowns and casting for those crowns? of you out there oh who goodness. are yeah yeah bringing up some deep cuts from the early 2000s christian music scene for sure you know what's really funny? Toby Mac. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I know the name. But uh, you know what's really funny? We talked a little bit about, like, how we have uh, experienced similar, like, religious organizations and stuff. Casting Crowns, I want to say, totally filmed a, a music video at the uh, Acquire the Fire lecture that I was at. Uh, oh, man. I am also an Acquire the Fire survivor. Yeah. Uh, shouts out to those incredibly dramatic skits and tours yeah, and listeners so if you're unfamiliar with the choir of the fire it's worth about a 10 minute google and probably not anymore <laughs> yeah i know absolutely um it's worth knowing what it is but please please don't subject yourself to you know anything that is uh more than you believe is good for you because i definitely looking back you know like was uh I'm trying to think of the right words to describe Acquire the Fire, but, like, it was definitely um, not what we want to endorse in terms of, like, a lot of the things that I personally, like, took out of it, you know what I mean? But, you know, that's for the audience to take, but I, I genuinely think that it's not worth, like, really delving into, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, we could we could spend an entire podcast talking about that and uh, some of the circumstances surrounding it. But, hey, that's that's why we digress. It's a piece of the picture. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's not the whole picture. But getting back to talking about what makes good music, mm -hmm. I've found over the years, and I think this is, you know, listening to some of the great country ballad singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Jackson, George Strait, Randy mm -hmm. Travis. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think I have a great appreciation for lyrics that tell a story. Yeah. For, for a kind of ballad-type feel. A song that can pick you up in one place and drop you off in another. And yeah. 
I think that spans genres. I mean, I think Tyler, the creator's flower boy album mm-hmm. is a great example of this so as good. is, uh, call me if you get lost. Yep. Um, I think this album is a good, good manifestation of that. I think God, anything Lucy Dacus has mm-hmm. done in the last few years. And, and she is someone I was also thinking of for this video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she does a great job with that as well. So, mm-hmm. When I'm looking for a song that gets stuck with me, I'm looking for something that really speaks to me, has a great message behind it, and can kind of transport you to a different place in time. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Like, uh, the ability to tell a story, the ability to get the audience to understand what the message is that they're trying to get across, um, things like that definitely make for good music. Um, you know, you, you brought up Tyler. Uh, I think that, like, uh, Kendrick Lamar does a really good job of that as well. Good Kid, Mad City, like, is one of my all-time favorite albums, and I think that it does a great job of, like, really getting to the heart of a lot of content that he was trying to, like, portray in a really good storytelling way. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of what you're trying to get across? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it can be an individual song, or it can be totally. an album's long project. And, yeah. and I think either way, that kind of stuff is, is something that definitely pushes on the pleasure center in my brain. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. And there was some comedian, I can't remember who it was, but they, they talk about country music and, like, the importance of, like, lyricism in that. And, like, the fact that, like, country music is supposed to be, like, very much storytelling. Like, it's it's about what someone is, like, experiencing in their, like, individual lives and things like that. But to me, like, what pushes something from, like, good to great is the ability to then connect with the audience, even if it is, like, a personal story that you're telling. Is that is that something that you would say is also, like, on the mark with what you're trying to get at? I agree. And on the topic of country music, may I take us on a slight detour? Please do. All right. I have had a big problem with modern country music Mm -hmm. in the fact that I think it has departed from that lyricism and storytelling. Yeah. I think there are still those people out there, but they they don't really fall under the country label anymore. Mm -hmm. They fall under Americana. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of... Jason Isbell, Sturgill Simpson, mm-hmm. Tyler Childers, mm-hmm. Maren Morris, The High Women. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's John R. Miller. There are so many great artists out there that are bringing back this older style. But the, in my view, heavily corporatized yeah. terrestrial radio yeah. system of stations mm-hmm. has tamped that down. Yeah. And no, now I'm you're hearing good. songs fancy like about oh applebee's yeah. you're hearing uh one of my favorite country music tropes and and this this really uh got me thrown off the modern country music train is florida georgia lines cruise yeah uh, oh good lord she got them long tan legs like come on <laughs> what what are we talking about here what are yeah. you doing yeah you're just you're just objectifying a woman that's not we're not really getting any kind of storytelling out of modern country music yeah no and i agree that like that definitely like the storytelling aspect and like 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 i'm not gonna say that there is no good country music now because like there will always be artists and individuals who are good but they're definitely not the ones that get pushed to the forefront nowadays um i i can't think of like the actual song and artist right now but there's one about like drinking a beer and like that is like the the whole uh is it drink a beer probably because that's that's an actual song really is it okay don't don't hate me if that's actually a good one but in my memory like literally like the entire premise was like the dude like really harping on how he's sitting on a dock drinking a beer which can be fine yeah. if you tell a story with it but like it was like the emphasis was just drink a beer and i'm like all right buddy that was that was definitely a focus, but, you know, he teased it up as the... Speaking of that song specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. he teased it up at the beginning as losing a friend. Okay. And, then there's more you to know, that song than I initially, dealing with yeah. that. Yeah. However, you know, that's not really the message that got taken away when it hit the airwaves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, uh, in terms of most things, I'm also, like, an impact-driven person. Like, I, I think that, like... 
yes, like, it's important that, like, the message was to um, take away being about the losing of a friend. But the fact that that is lost, one, is really unfortunate because, like, if that's, you know, telling a good story, then cool. But, like, then, you know, make the emphasis on that part of it so that, like, the audience can't murky the waters. But at the same time, you know, that's a that's putting a lot of burden on the artist to, to force their message. Whereas, you know, if, if he was trying to just emphasize that part of it, then whatever. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm derailing your, your train on, uh, on this one. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's that's right up the alley. I I do want to come to drink a beer's defense, because yeah. while I think the bar for modern country is incredibly low, I think that is a song that has transcended above it. Good. Well, However, songs like "Parking Lot Party" by hmm. Jason Aldean they aren't really they aren't really getting that across. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's a whole genre of party slash bro country that's really uh yeah really gotten to me in recent years if you can't tell listeners <laughs> yeah well then to not harp on drink a beer because you know there is the the chance that i have misremembered or misrepresented that and i'm not trying to do that um yeah fancy like i think is a really good example of that then we can we can we can dunk on that one but uh yeah no i think that that is a real departure from like what the intent of country music not necessarily should be because like i'm not going to impose what i want it to be on what it should be but like dog come on you you get where i'm coming from with that one yeah and i think as someone who you know grew up and marinated in the in the country and bluegrass stew uh that country music and all of its various subgenres have a lot of depth and complexity to them yeah. and it it does bother me on a national stage when you see people talk about country music and they're like oh it's it's hick music it yeah. doesn't you know, it's all all trash, and why yeah. would you listen to that stuff? Because there are a lot of very relevant, poignant topics being discussed. Yeah, no, uh, I totally get that. And I agree that, like, it does get, like, a lot of shtick for, like, unjustified points like that. For example, um, you know, I, I grew up, uh, my mom was a pretty, like, big country music listener. My dad, too, but, like... Um, more the the tim mcgraws of the world which like i actually still think is pretty good um what was uh i went skydiving rocky mountain climbing uh live like oh, you were live, dying. live like you were dying that was a classic back in the day dude yeah, i haven't listened to it in years but i liked it a lot and i thought that it you know shared a good story yeah i i think it does and that's you know that it speaking of you know zach brown band it, I yeah. think straddles both sides of the spectrum because yeah. you look at a song like colder weather mm -hmm. dealing with heartbreak, dealing with ending a relationship, going away and feeling that longing to come yeah. back. But then you got chicken fried. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and while chicken fried is, is it's a good fun. song yeah, and yeah, I yeah. like listening to it when I'm day drinking, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it has that, that depth and complexity that, yeah. I look for when I listen to music most of the time. Yeah, I get that for sure. Uh, another example, I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily country, but like my mom loved uh, I Hope You Dance. Is that, is that, would you consider that country? Yeah, I think, I think that counts. I mean, they played it on country stations. Uh, I, yeah, I say that counts. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, so like... Not that I am the arbiter grand poobah <laughs> of country music over here. No, but this is your episode. We're, we're here to hear what you have to say. And like, you know, I... I would say that of all of our guests, and definitely compared to me, you would be. Um, so, you know, I, I think that your opinion holds weight in that regard. Um, and I don't want to misrepresent what you uh, view as being country music. So if I just affix that label to something that you're like, hey, hang on, that's not country. Like, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, no. So I, I think that, like, especially, and maybe this is just me being a, a country boomer, like the 90s and 2000s country music had a lot of that. Um, you know, before that as well, I mean, it, would would you say, would you consider, like, Johnny Cash a classic country artist? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, I yeah. would. And I, I really think, not to harp on the corporatism angle, but I think Clear Channel and their consolidation of country music stations mm -hmm. is something that is not widely known or talked about, but has irreparably damaged the genre. Yeah. No, that's totally understandable. And like, 
at the end of the day, if like the genre becomes about like what can we put out that gets the most spins, that gets the most money, kind of thing, then yeah, you d you definitely do lose a lot of the human aspect to it. Would you agree with that? I I would, and I would encourage any of your listeners who may hold some of the opinions we've described about country music mm -hmm. being, you know, kind of a waste or hollow or anything yeah. like that. Take take a look at Americana. Go go on Spotify. Look at the Pulse of Americana. Mm -hmm. Give that playlist a rip top to bottom. Then come back and, and tell me if country's dead or if they just relabeled it. Yeah, that's cool. And that's a really fair way to, to, you know, put that out there for people who, you know, may want to expand their horizons with it. Because, yeah, no, I don't think that any genre is inherently able to be written off, like, as a whole. Also, and, you know, since you brought up corporatism and stuff, I do feel like... There are, if not explicit, like elitist tones with that statement, that it definitely is an implicit thing. Would you agree with that? Uh, which statement? That, like, there are definitely, like, elitist um, concepts being driven by the idea that you can completely write off the genre itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not... I'm not someone who wants to excuse everything that of happens course. in rural communities. Yeah, no, 100%. But it is a cultural touchstone for millions of people in this country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I heard opinions about hip-hop growing up in a very small town mm -hmm. that was predominantly white mm -hmm. that I've heard repackaged coming the other way about mm -hmm. country music. And yeah. I think the uh, that there's not really a divide there. There's good stories being told all around. Yeah. You just have to get over your own prejudices about music. Yeah. And I think that if, you know, music is, like, good and able to be connected with and stuff, that, like, the the message will reign true regardless of necessarily, like, the, the genre or label being as fixed to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Quality is quality is quality. Exactly. Regardless of genre. Um, okay, well, you know, we've... we've set the foundation for this a little bit uh, is there anything else that you want to you know either divulge about like the artist that we're going to listen to or the song itself or it's meaning to you that you want the audience to really focus on in this song before we get into it uh i will just say before well no no we'll we'll go into it on the back end but i encourage anyone listening really listen to the lyrics take those in try and try and feel the song as you're going through it awesome well to those listening along, as always, I'll have the links in the description to whichever direction, you know, that points you. Uh, so we will be starting that in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and pause the podcast so that, you know, I don't have to go back in and edit the audio and we have those moments of dead air and yada yada. Um, but again, RP, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing something that, you know, a lot of people may not be familiar with. And even in a genre that, you know, you may have to, to defend to certain people that, you know, come in with preconceived uh, prejudices towards it. So, uh, again, for those listening along, I am going to go ahead and pause now, and we'll go ahead and pick back up as soon as the song's done. Cool? All right. Great. Pausing now. All right, and welcome back to anyone who is still here. Uh, RP, that was a really good song. I, I found myself, like, tapping my foot along to it, and, like, that's that's a mark of something that I really enjoy, at least. I, that was really cool. He told a story really well. Um yeah, no, before I drone on too much, t tell me what you want people to have taken from that, what makes it good to you, things like that. I want people to take the... Well, I'll get to what I want people to take away from it in a second. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what this song mean, means to me. Mm -hmm. I grew up, as I, as I mentioned before, extremely small town in the mountains of Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of... I would say not a lot of opportunity yeah and i i hit a point in my life where i realized that to accomplish what i wanted to do to see the world to 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 leave my hometown to leave virginia mm -hmm. even that i was gonna have to make a lot of big changes yeah so um i i went to college in mm -hmm. a brand new state i had only been to a couple times before in my life mm-hmm after college, I moved to Kansas. I had mm -hmm. never been to Kansas before, ever. It's the yeah. furthest west I'd ever been, furthest away from home. And then to take one further step in my career and my life, I, I moved to California, where I reside now. Mm -hmm. And I'm 
in the Bay Area. I'm in a big metroplex. Mm-hmm. And I've gone from a town of about 800 in the Virginia Mountains and the Shenandoah Valley to the Bay Area. Yeah. And that's that level of personal growth doesn't come without a lot of uh, a lot of turbulence, oh, a sure. lot of learning lessons about yourself. Mm-hmm. And to speak to the point of this song, the ability to grow up, yeah, and and be you know, be a 22-year-old professional in his first job, but act like you're 32 because there's so much riding on it. You have no room to screw around. You have no room to, you have no room to cut yourself slack. You, you got to work two, three jobs. So you make sure that you can build an emergency fund because all those moves took me down to my last $20 or so. And, you know, I, when I was first really listening to this song right after I'd moved to college in, in 2012, mm-hmm. I viewed it kind of as a cautionary tale. Yeah. That that this story is of a man who had to do all those things, who had to become old before his time and, and grew, grew bitter, mm-hmm. grew, um, grew to be inwardly strong but outwardly unapproachable and i i think you know there are a few lines in this song that really really uh speak to me every time i listen to it yeah first one i think the first couple stanzas of the song were me in in that phase of college Mm -hmm. really my first dipping the toe in the real world um you know, I was a younger man looking for a pot of gold. Everywhere I turned, the doors were closing. Yeah, That's how I felt when I was home. Um, the next part, realizing that I had an opportunity and could seize on it. You know, there's... Through the years, I've known my share of broken-hearted fools mm-hmm. and those who couldn't choose a path worth taking. There's nothing in the world so sad as talking to a man who never knew his life was his for making. And that that really spoke to me as like, you are the master of your own destiny and your own fate. If you really want to do something, go for it. Yeah. Send it. Because there are so many people that can't even get over that mental hurdle that they can try and go and be bigger than themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I- then... Go oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You're gonna. You're good. I was just gonna say I totally agree with that. Continue. Yeah, and then the next phase of my life, I'm fully an adult. No real college safety net. I just move somewhere completely random, and have to find my way in it. Mm-hmm. And I retreated into myself for the start of that period of my life, and I recognize that now. Mm-hmm. But this next stanza. Ain't it about time you realize it's not worth keeping score. You win some, you lose some, and you let it go. Mm-hmm. What's the use of stacking on every failure another stone till you've found you've spent your whole life building walls, lonely and old before your time? Yeah, that, that line definitely uh, stuck out to me too, but continue. Yeah, and I realized, you know, listening to that song four years after that point in college that I was at that phase of the song. I was building the walls. I, I was focused on still my time in college. I wasn't being open. I wasn't just throwing myself out there to be social, to meet people, to do things. Yeah. And, and I, now go ahead. I've, I've really embraced that and I've moved on to the last part of the song, which I'll, I'll read again. Mm-hmm. Now the wren has gone to roost, and the sky is turning gold. Like the sky, my soul is also turning. Turning from the past, at last, and all I've left behind. Could it be that I'm finally learning? Learning that I'm deserving of love and the peaceful heart? I won't tear myself apart no more for trying. I'm tired of lying to myself, trying to buy what can't be bought. It's not living that you're doing if it feels like dying yeah and that that is the point in my life i'm at now and i feel like 
I have such an appreciation for this song top to bottom because yeah. I can identify its impacts on me throughout my life and how I have evolved just as the the song the person in the song has. Yeah. And it it holds a lot of deeply personal meaning for me. Well, one, thank you for sharing that then. I know that like you know sharing anything that is like deeply personal to you is not like inherently easy and also giving us that backstory really does help us you know understand both like what we're to to take from the song itself and why you would have selected it so thank you for like sharing that genuinely yeah you're welcome i, I you know now that i've i've said my piece i've i've done my internal examination i'd love to Turn the ball over to you and, and hear what you took away, what you thought about it. Oh, no, he's flipping it on me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was first off, uh, like sonically, it was beautiful. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the instrumentals. The guy's voice was very unique. And I personally find value in like uh, something that I'm like, oh, like I can recognize this person. You know what I mean? So not not that that inherently makes something good. But like, yeah, the, the story that he tells, the idea that like... Uh, when I was listening to it, the, the line about the walls really stood out to me because, like, no individual is meant to be an island. And, like, you know, you can you can be solitary by Sorry. choice, and that's okay. Sorry, go ahead. Quick apology to Simon and Garfunkel for your song, I Am a Rock. Turns out that was uh, incorrect. <laughs> no, no. Like, you can, you can choose to be solitary, and that's okay. But, like, it's the difference between, like... Uh, being alone and feeling alone kind of thing like you you should always like have something that you feel you can reach out to and latch onto. does that does that part kind of make sense absolutely and so i i think that uh yeah the person like telling their story of like you know these are the ways that i have grown from those ideals and everything and the way that like it connects with you like definitely gives it a deeper meaning for me as well um you know i uh i really enjoy the fact that the person put more into it than like leaving it at you know i was solitary and i will forever be it's like a no i've reflected and see what i need to be for myself and for those around me and to to resonate with others does that seem like something that is a, a fair representation of like what could be taken away from that in a positive light oh absolutely and i think you know that's kind of a difference between early days country and modern country slash Americana is that song, if it was written in 1982, would have ended lonely and old before your time. And the yeah. third stanza wouldn't even have existed. Yeah. But I think it speaks a lot to the songwriter mm -hmm. that he wanted to pull it full circle. He wanted to share the other side of that coin breaking out of those walls you built around yourself yeah and finding that you know you just kind of wake up one day and you're like oh my god could it be that i'm finally learning <laughs> and that that is again extremely relevant because change isn't just a coin flip yeah it's a process and then one day you go oh my god i've i've really come around yeah and I think that that change in growth is important both, like, as an artist and, like, as someone who's, like, consuming it. Like, uh, I talked about this a little bit with Ben, and, like, change is constant, and that is, you know, that can be very good. Like, I mean, you, I'm sure you can speak to that in the same way that you said, you know, like, you left college to go to Kansas in, a, in an area that you're, you know, super unfamiliar with. You said you'd never been there. Uh, California, which... It, you know complete 180 from you know the the town in which you grew up in given the the context you've already given us so like i i think that it is about finding the good in those changes and making sure that your growth as an individual or an artist whatever you know you want to apply to this is uh important and like recognizing that that change is constant is something that you can sort of like impact if you like are willing to take those reins you know obviously to a certain extent but you know for sure. And something else I've taken away is that being old before your time, being put in those situations where you have to mature, mm -hmm. doesn't mean, oh, shoot, I'm now 20 years mature of where I should be in my life forever. Yeah. That it affords you that peace of mind to say, I'm responsible, I'm mature, I can take a few years of my life and 
just kind of ride them out, you know? Yeah. I I don't have to always be ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. I can say, you know what? I'm I'm good enough for now. Mm-hmm. I'll let everybody catch up. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to be so hard on myself. Yeah. And I I think that that self-compassion is like really important as well. Um not to get too tangential, but like I think that if we could extend the empathy that we often like give to others or to artists that we listen to and et cetera, et cetera, to ourselves, like that would go a long way for like, you know, personal development, the ability to inflect and things like that, you know? Oh, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, no. Um, well, again, I really appreciate that. Like first the, the song was a bit of a departure from what we've already like presented and everything you know it's it's really easy to point to my favorite song and stuff like that but like to explore other genres and other artists and things like that and find the value in them is something that i definitely want to do as well uh with the the goal of the podcast and everything so uh thank you for like introducing something like that i really do appreciate it you're welcome and to the listeners you know if if you enjoyed this i would highly encourage you listen to the album uh god willing in the creek don't rise Specifically, there are some other songs on there um, that I think you'll find a lot of meaning in. Mm-hmm. For the Summer deals with uh, a guy just trying to come home for a while. Mm-hmm. Been out in the world, been beat down. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York City is killing me about someone who you know, moved to the hustle and bustle of a city and feels it grinding down his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of really good messages packaged in an easy-to-consume way. And sonically, the album is just 10 out of 10, in yeah. my opinion. No, the instrumentals were fantastic. The guy's voice was very good. Uh, I totally agree sonically that it's fantastic. I obviously can't speak to the content of the album, but if it's more like what you just shared, then, you know, definitely, definitely worth spinning more. Um and we'll we'll continue with like the country music uh, information and stuff before we segue into the media that you sent me as well. Um, but like to continue in defense of country music, I remember there was one song I, for the life of me, cannot remember it. I'm fairly certain it was a male artist, and he told a story about like his mother passing of like cancer or like getting old and like I, I can't remember. You'll always be my baby, kind of thing. I can't remember the actual song but if that's ringing any bells like that like that one would make me cry when i was a kid and like definitely probably would still mess me up there is easily sensitive to things like that though but sorry continue in that vein there is one song that will make everybody who listens to it cry Mm -hmm. it is jason isbell Mm -hmm. and his song elephant elephant talks Uh... about being being in a relationship with someone who is dying of cancer and how he handled that Mm -hmm. it's 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 not about him yeah but it is maybe the most emotionally powerful song i've ever heard so on my list of a thousand recommendations i've already given this podcast elephant jason isbell great listen love that yeah, and it, that may potentially be the song that I'm thinking of. It's been a long time since I've heard it, so I, I may be misremembering it. But I'll definitely give that a listen and see if that is what I was talking about once we're done here and everything. But but yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely think that there's a lot of good to take from the genre, even if there are certain things that you can you know take issue with as well, you know? Absolutely. Very cool. Well... Well, um, before we segue into the video clip that you sent me as well, uh, is there any like last like thoughts on either the song itself, the artist, the uh, overarching you know genre, anything that you want to share that you feel like we didn't either get to or that you know through the duration of this conversation you either want to revisit or put on the table for the rest of like the audience to take away? I just want to bring up the point again. Mm-hmm. Down with Clear Channel. <laughs> They've been smothering modern country music. Listen to Americana. Love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, any other thoughts on good music or what something, you know, you want to get to the audience in that regard is? Nope. Perfect. Well, then we will sort of segue into the second half if you're comfortable with that. Um, would you like to tell me a bit about the show that you uh, sent the clip from, uh, the scene itself, you know, things like that so that you can contextualize things for both myself, as like I said, I haven't, you know, pre-screened this, or to anyone who's listening along who may want to throw the clip on. Also, if there's any spoilers, make sure to throw that, but I'm sure you're aware of that potentially being a point of contention. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any spoilers. I've actually gone through about five or six clips from this show mm -hmm. trying to figure out which one I wanted to do. Yeah. So the show is Justified. It ran on FX for, I think, like a nine-year run. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say it ended in like 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, fantastic show. They're actually doing a reboot where they're going to put the main character in Detroit. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But uh, it is, the show's basic premise is about a U.S. marshal mm -hmm. who is from a small town in the mountains of eastern Kentucky, mm -hmm. leaves, does his marshal stuff elsewhere, and ends up getting transferred back to the eastern Kentucky district mm -hmm. and has to run into... Friends, family, people he knows in the course of, of doing his duties as a lawman. Mm -hmm. uh, the writing is is 10 out of 10, top notch. It, it has a uh, main villain not included in this video. Mm -hmm. Boyd Crowder, played by Walton Goggins, mm -hmm. who is maybe one of the best written characters on TV. Like, every time he talks, he's dropping gems. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I highly encourage if you're looking for a TV show. The first season is very serialized. It's like new new criminal of the week type deal. Yeah. But after that first season, it stretches into more of a prestige TV mm -hmm. uh, single season arc, which is really when the show starts to shine. Yeah, uh, I think that that happens with a lot of like early seasons of shows. Um, I'm I'm not gonna go on like too far on this one, but. Uh, you're familiar with Adventure Time, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it does a good job of something similar where, like, initially it is just sort of fun little adventure of the week type thing. And then when it becomes, like, a narrative that is, like, an ongoing story is when it really, like, starts to delve into that. Would you, obviously, you know, we're comparing apples and oranges with Adventure Time and Justified. But uh, is that, like, trope sort of what you mean by, like, it goes from villain of the week to a narrativized, like, story structure? Yeah, absolutely. Very similar in that regard. Cool. And again, apples and oranges, but like the concept. Yep. Yep, yep. So to tee up this clip even more, this is, uh, I believe, season three. Mm -hmm. Either season three or season four. The big bad of this season is who you'll see in the beginning. He's messing with, uh, he has a cool little wrist slide for a small pistol. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he's messing around with that. But in this story, uh, they had just tried to kill the main character, Raylan, mm -hmm. and he is a lawman who always kind of operates in that gray area, like any good TV show lawman, but yeah. every bad real-life <laughs> lawman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he... He is trying to get answers about what had happened mm -hmm. and may have gone a little hard, but uh, the some of the uh, some of the writing and the wit involved with this clip is really what drew me to it. So I think uh, if you're ready to go, I am ready to see it. Yeah, okay, then let me just preface it again to the audience that the clip will be included in the description and everything. Um, if there are any other points of emphasis, feel free to let me know now, but otherwise I'll go ahead and pause this and we'll get started. All right. Cool. Well, I will pause this now. Be right back, everyone. All right. And welcome back to the people who, you know, went and listened to the, watched the scene and everything. That was cool. Uh, I liked that a lot. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, you did a good job of sharing something that isn't necessarily spoilers, but before I delve into like what I took from it and everything, do you want to talk about like why you like that scene what it means to the larger narrative anything like that that you think is important well i think first off we got to talk about the writing in this scene yeah. right because having a big bad guy messing with his wrist pistol yeah and talking about you know how'd you get that and he goes oh it's a funny story we were christmas tree shopping and then the whole scene changes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i like when he throws the bullet and says, next one's coming faster. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah, that's, that's so that's good. good. And little spoiler, later in the series, the main character, Raylan, has to go and talk to the guy he threw the bullet at. And he's back at the Marshall headquarters. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go talk to him. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, his boss is like, why would he, why wouldn't you want to go talk to him? And he goes, I told him the next bullet was going to be coming faster. Man. <laughs> and they're like, what? And he's like, he explains this whole scene and they're like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. No, that writing was fantastic. Uh, to- and then, uh, to to have Raylan, the guy, threaten him, and all he does is pull out the phone, take a picture, and then hit him with like a half smirk on the way out. Yeah, it's uh, it's all pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and to continue with the the importance of the writing in that scene, uh, the guy in the suit's response of like, "How fast do you think they're going to be when they're coming back at you or whatever?" Whoo, that's that's scary. I like that. Yeah, um, a lot of lot of razor sharp wit in that show. If you uh. If you're looking for a very popcorny, westerny type of type of lawman show, that's definitely going to be up your alley. Yeah, no, that seemed really cool. I definitely like the 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 bit that you showed us there. Also, the fact that like he had the gun, but instead was like, "No, nah, I'm just going to like punch the shit out of this guy." Pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, just top to bottom, good action, good uh, writing. I liked that scene a lot. Uh, the sound score wasn't, like, overpowering as well. Like, I felt like they did a good job of, like, ambient music, but not, like, taking away from the, like, scene itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's all very well done. And, I mean, there's a reason it was on TV for damn near a decade. Yeah. And you said they're rebooting it, but, like, it's taking place in Detroit? Yes. Yeah. So the the original run was all Eastern Kentucky, you know, Hills Hollers. There was a season about the Oxycontin trade. Ooh. Uh, yeah, there was a season about a uh, a, a black enclave of that county that mm-hmm. kind of segregated itself and grew apart from the rest of the people. That's a really interesting story arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good quality in that TV show. Yeah, I could see that. And I, I like the idea of, like, rebooting it in, like, a a city-type setting as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that translates, but, like, I feel as though there are a lot of things that they can touch on in that regard then. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, I, I chose this clip. I also wanted to choose it because it's a little bit of a little bit of a popcorn clip. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very fun. It's very enjoyable. Like it's very intense. It's, it's a very far cry from the in-depth analysis about emotional meaning of the song. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. trying to, try to hit your listeners from both angles. Yeah, no, and there's nothing wrong with like, I, I mean, based on the way that you've described it and just from that scene alone, I can see depth in it, like outside of just like it being, as you described it, a popcorn scene, like, like, don't get me wrong, like, it definitely is fun and, like, ooh, what's going to happen next kind of thing. But I could see how that could lead into, like, larger, like, themes and structures within it. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Very cool. Well, to sort of scope out from that, uh, what makes that scene, that show, television in general, good or bad to you? Uh, I think it goes back similarly to songs in that it's got to be about the quality of the writing. Yeah. Like this, the real commonality between the song and this clip is that I would argue the writing of both is above the mean of mass-produced TV and mm-hmm. and music. Mm-hmm. Um, now again, that that's wading into murky waters, but uh, yeah. it's a personal opinion type deal, yeah, and I think. I think good TV, just like a good song, has to tell you a story and has to drop you off. As as you might be able to tell, I'm not really a sitcom guy. Really? Uh, I'm not really a self-contained situational comedy yeah. type person. I'm like, no, I need my arcs. I need my long story <laughs> arcs. I need, like, Ozark. Yeah, you know? Ozark's so good. All of Ozark oh, is Ozark. one continuous story. Yeah. Love that. More shows it, right? like that. Yes. Yes, Ooh. yes. Ooh, that final yeah. episode, dude. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No spoilers for oh, anyone course, listening, course, but go watch go watch it. You won't regret it. Yeah, Ozark for me is up there with the with the breaking bads of television. Like obviously very different in terms of content and everything, but like I, I really liked Ozark. Yeah, I thought that was oh, a very yeah. well written, well thought out show. Yep, yep. Um but yeah, no, so I, I like the way that you've sort of described that and like even um, setting it up as though like you're not like a sitcoms guy and everything, but uh, 
so then do you still not to not to derail from what we're trying to take do you still find yourself enjoying like a like a the office or a community or anything like that or is it eh, those are sort of not your your style uh, I liked Community because if you're gonna give me a sitcom, mm -hmm. at least have the premise wildly change from week to week. Yeah, that's fair. Don't, uh, don't make it a simple story. Right, like, kind of feels like punching down, but I'm thinking about the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> not that is not probably the prototypical example of a show that I do not like and would not like. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, young Sheldon, the... no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally okay. Kidding. You you stop that right now. <laughs> no, I... you are not going to get me on tape talking about <laughs> young Sheldon because I would just launch into a 30 minute profanity lace tirade. <laughs> CBS, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> no, I get that. Um, and you know, uh, I I have people that I know like like family members who do enjoy that type of thing it's not for me either i i do, i totally get where you're coming from with like that um let me uh let me give another example of a tv show mm -hmm. that that i think is phenomenal yeah. uh if if you haven't seen it i encourage your listeners to uh to watch high maintenance on hbo mm -hmm. it is a very it's tough to describe the storytelling. So the, the core conceit is about a uh, weed dealer who rides around on, on bikes mm -hmm. um, and delivers to his customers. But the show follows the customers, and the customers change every week. Okay. So you might see one guy like in season two and then again in season four, but mostly it's individual stories about people living in New York and just the the wide array of lifestyles that humanity can offer interesting and i think it's a yeah it's a it's a really good look into just how everybody's lives are so different you know everything feels normal to you and like that's how life should be and then you meet someone else who's doing it entirely differently and you're like huh guess yeah. there's more than one way to to do this thing yeah no absolutely and i i think that like being able to understand and appreciate different like walks of life like that would be a really cool concept especially given that like you said that it focuses on the customers but like to to have the insight of the person who may only know them either superficially be like the the main character the protagonist or however you may describe it like that's a really cool lens with which you can get like a bunch of different stories yeah it's a fantastic storytelling device very cool. Yeah, no, I could I could totally see that being the case. Um, well, very cool. Um, gosh, I, I want to like <laughs> offer more insight, but like I just really like those concepts. Um, okay, so then to to move forward with the broader conversation and everything, you know, you've sort of described what makes good media, good music, things like that. Um, is there anything that you feel that you want to like get across to the audience or represent that? either we harped on or didn't or anything like that that you know you want to make a point of emphasis for your specific you know conversation that we're having now yeah uh it's it's that we live in the golden age of media yeah. for sure yeah but everybody's got a video camera everybody's got you know not taking shots here a podcast hey no i'm just kidding. uh <laughs> I hope and I implore your listeners, if you're going to watch something, if you're going to listen to something, at least view it critically. And I know that this is the whole point of this, this podcast, so I'm really talking to people that have already heard the message. But if you're going to watch something, try and take it at a little more than surface level. Yeah. Like, there are some things you can take at surface level, but other than that, really try to put yourself in the shoes of characters, try to put yourself in the the shoes of the protagonist if you were a bystander and i feel like you can learn a lot about different human conditions that way we have representation in all forms of media that i would argue has never been there in the world's history yeah and you can really capitalize on the media you watch and consume to expand your worldview or parse through issues you may dealing with, be dealing with yourself like the song shared in the first segment yeah just view it with 
not necessarily a critical eye because you still need to enjoy what you're watching and listening to. Of course. But try and derive a little more meaning. So uh, to, to make sure that I'm understanding what you're getting at there, it's to understand what it is about the specific media that you're consuming that you enjoy in a way that will help you um, not necessarily understand your own biases, but like figure out why it is something that you enjoy. Is that is that what you're going with? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, I do think that that is what we're trying to like get to at the heart of these things, but you know, maybe that hasn't been explicitly stated, or maybe we have new listeners who don't get that that's what we're going for, but like, yeah, no, please drive home that message. That is definitely what I want people to, to think of when they think of what we're trying to do here. And keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you're you're well, welcome. I'm not trying to like wind down the conversation because I do think that we're having really good talks here, but um, I also don't want to like take the spotlight from your opinions and the things that you want the audience to take away from this. So uh, continuing with the idea of like making sure that you're viewing your own media with like uh, a lens that lets you see what it is that you're taking from it and everything. Um, is there any other like clip recommendation you could go back to music recommendations things like that that if people want to continue to these explore to yeah people who want to continue to explore these concepts from your perspective should check out or like uh other resources that you think that they would find beneficial if that's the the thing that they want to do in their own lives yeah i i'm just gonna start rattling off some artists that i really enjoy do it uh, uh zach bryan Jason Isbell, Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, John R. Miller, Marin Morris, Brandy Carlisle, The High Women, Amanda Shires. Oh my God, so good. Um, it's it's that kind of kind of corner of the music world, and I would say, as I said before, the Pulse of Americana playlist on Spotify is going to give you a great lens into all of this to to start. Maybe you find something you like. Maybe you don't. Media is not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then TV shows, Justified, High Maintenance. Um, those are really probably the, the top two shows I have all time. Mm -hmm. Over Ozark. Over Ozark. Yeah, ah. Justified is better than Ozark. Uh, you heard crazy. that here. Well, you heard it here first, folks. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure someone out there said that, but that's that's good to know. And I'm glad that you would recommend something that highly because I know that you do regard Ozark as like a really good show as well. Yeah, um, just if you watch Justified, get through the first season. Yeah. Just um, eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and first seasons can be like that where they sort of have to set a foundation of like, you know, capturing an audience and things like that. So I, I could see that being the case. Um artist that like i think that you would enjoy if you're not already familiar with and if you don't that's also fine like you said media doesn't have to be for everyone uh, are you familiar with uh father john misty oh yeah seen him in concert multiple times in hey. fact i uh, i was wearing a father john misty t-shirt the other day that's awesome yeah i'm a huge fan of uh i i think pure comedy is my favorite of his albums but like that's sort of an easy like take you know what i mean i'm not i'm not challenging the status quo of john father john misty fans with that i don't think yeah, I uh, let me tell a quick Father John story. Please do. Uh, I was I was at a show in in Berkeley at the Greek Theater. There was actually a combo show with him and Jason Isbell, who I've oh, mentioned wow. before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before playing the song "Real Love Baby," which mm -hmm. I has got to be his most notable song, mm -hmm. right? He goes up to the mic. And he says something along the lines of, "I imagine there was a whole generation of women." just came for their yoga class going to pick up their kids at preschool mm -hmm. they heard that song over the speakers and said yeah i love that i'm gonna go get his album <laughs> and went home and they were fucking disappointed man <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love that that's so funny oh uh, um, yeah what a venue and stuff too the greek theater is incredible oh I bet different a greek show. theater than the one in la oh 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 just I didn't so you know that. this is the one in berkeley california still a fantastic venue you should see it if you're in the area it's on the campus of uc berkeley outdoors great acoustics that sounds really cool i'll have to i'll have to fly out and see someone out there then you know all right sounds good i i know a bed you can crash on that's what we like to hear man 
That's why we brought you on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, re really, though, thank you for doing this and everything. This is a lot of fun. And even if the podcast doesn't like go anywhere, and that's okay if it doesn't, this has been a lot of fun along the way. And, you know, ag again, thank you for your time. I love you. I appreciate everything that you do to, to help me out personally. Yeah, love you too, buddy. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be listening back to this when you have 500,000 subscribers <laughs> and a Patreon. Uh, and all I want to say is uh, let's talk about some revenue sharing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, when we monetize this episode, we'll, we'll split it 50-50. How's that? Let's go. Let's uh, go. Nah, I'm kidding. But like you, you already know where I am like in terms of like if this goes anywhere, like I, I would bring as many and everyone as long along as I can, you know. Yeehaw! Awesome. Well, um, before we hop off here, because like I do want to get this out there, and you know we're we're at over an hour, which will make this my longest episode, including ones where we had dead silence for the the clips and everything. Um, is there any other media that you want to recommend? Is there any other message that you didn't get to portray that you think that you want to get out there for anyone listening? I think I've inundated your audience with enough media recommendations. <laughs> um, but I'm going to throw out someone not country, Lucy Dacus. Okay. I just, uh, I was in Richmond, Virginia about the same time she was, she was really bursting onto the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, some of her work uh, has just been in incredible. Really good stuff. Uh, again, heavily... Heavily singer-songwriter focused, uh, a ton of great, ton of great lyrics, a ton of great musical ability. Uh, but I think that will take me home on my media recommendations. Perfect. Well, I appreciate the the last second call out to her and everything. I I hope that you know anyone who's listening along does check out everyone that you've recommended. Like I said, I I trust any recommendations that you're throwing out there. Um, again, thank you so so much. And like. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna close stream in just a minute, and we'll try to get this out there in uh, a little bit of time. Okay. Man, I, I yeah, I hope this episode comes out quick. If it's if it's ready by Friday morning, I'll be happy. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Well, I do appreciate you coming on and everything. Uh, if anything else comes up, feel free to let me know. But you know, I'm happy to have you on anytime. Uh, of course, dude. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Stopping the recording. <laughs>